0: This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by Special Light in Decatur and Benton Harbor. There's a good chance you've walked through a Special Light door and you go to a local restaurant, school, store, or plant. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. The Democratic Party is now in control of both the Michigan House and Senate following this week's elections that saw them score victories around the state. History was made Thursday when new leadership was chosen ahead of the new legislative session that starts January first. State Representative Joe Tate of Detroit is the new State House Speaker. A focus on families and workers, also a focus on the basic. We did just talk about uh, not only roads, the infrastructure improvements. I mean, we know that there's uh, definite needs for those improvements. We've also uh, been talking too about making sure that every citizen in the state of Michigan is looked at uh, equally. Tate is the first African American to lead the state house. He says he wants to focus on campaign promises since that's what seemed to resonate with voters. Meanwhile, state senator Eric Nesbitt has been elected minority leader of the Michigan Senate for the term that starts in January. The Lawton Republican won re election this week for his second and final term in the Senate. Democrat Wendy Brinks of Grand Rapids will be the Senate majority leader. People all over the U.S. are celebrating our military veterans today. Michigan U.S. Senator Gary Peters is a former lieutenant commander in the U.S. Navy and a current member of the Senate Armed Services Committee. Generations of Michiganders and Americans have answered the call to serve our country. Veterans Day is an opportunity to recognize this remarkable patriotism and selflessness and honor the dedication of our soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines. Peters says the U.S. military is the strongest in the history of the world because of the efforts and dedication of veterans. A new rain garden is opening in Watervilleete on Monday. The Berrien County Drain Commission's office and Whiteman teamed up for the effort to reduce flooding and protect waterways in the Watervilleete area man engineer Sam Leach tells us the project goes back away. started back in 2015 when the city petitioned the drain commissioner to help with some significant drainage problems within this area of the city. There was a handful of roads within that area that, after some decent rain events, would have up to a foot of water overtopping the road. So there were some really bad flooding problems in this area. The rain garden is part of that project. Leach says it can hold thousands of cubic feet of water and filter it as it's released into local waterways. The garden is part of the South Waterfleet Drain located at South Elementary School on Lucinda Lane near the St. Joseph Catholic Church. The ribbon cutting on Monday will be at 3 p.m. with a short presentation. In addition to celebrating the rain garden, the event will mark the completion of the South Waterfleet Drain project. Everyone's welcome to stop by and check out the new garden. Indiana-Michigan Power is offering tips for saving energy and money as the cold weather arrives. I&M spokesperson... Corey Olenkamp tells us a reduction in the thermostat can be the biggest and easiest thing you can do to cut your costs. Changing the temperature from around 72 degrees to 68, it can lower an energy bill anywhere up to around 10%, which can make a big difference for some folks. So that's one of the simpler ones. Obviously, if you're leaving on vacation or something like that, you only really need to keep the house at around 55 degrees. If you're gone for a long period of time, keeping that heat down, it prevents pipes from freezing, but it doesn't heat the home when you're not there. Camp also advises customers to keep the curtains closed at night and open during the day. If a home has electric baseboard heating, keep furniture and draperies away from the heaters and have at least a three-inch clearance under the heating unit for both efficiency and safety. Olenkamp says those who have trouble paying winter bills can call 2 on one for local assistance options. They can also sign up for payment arrangements with I&M to spread out bills across the year. The Michigan Department of Natural Resources is taking public comments on its statewide Comprehensive Outdoor Recreation Plan, or SCORP. The DNR says that it spent several months compiling information about the state's integrated system of federal, state, and local recreation assets, and now it's looking for input. The SCORP is a five-year strategic plan designed to evaluate ongoing and emerging outdoor recreation trends, needs, and issues, and to establish priorities for achieving outdoor recreation goals. It looks at everything from federal grants, investment by the state, and land acquisition. Most significantly among the plan's activities, a statewide survey was done in coordination with the state health department and others to draw up the document. The DNR says the public comment period will be now through December 1st. Public input on the draft will be used in the development of the final plan, which will be submitted to the U.S. Department of the Interior's National Park Service by December 31st. We'll have a link to the plan at our website. They're expecting it to be cold enough in Gaylord this weekend to start making snow for skiing at Treetops Resort. General Manager Barry Owen says they don't expect to open the slopes until early December unless they get good snow conditions to open earlier. They also have other winter activities like snowboarding and a snowshoeing plan. We have uh, some great co- cross-country trails. We have cross-country rentals also. Owen says they also have extreme tubing, ice skating, and swimming at Treetops. He says Gaylord is recovering well from the tornado that hit in May, killing two people and injuring 44 and destroying many homes and businesses. The treetops was not hit by the EF3 tornado. With the theme of giving thanks for families, courts around Michigan are celebrating Adoption Month. The Berrien County Trial Court is celebrating by hosting five public adoptions throughout the day on Monday, November 21st. Held during November, Adoption Month is a national holiday tradition highlighting the importance of adoption as well as the needs of kids in foster care. Adoptions will be held at the Berrien County Courthouse in courtroom 403 at 10 a.m., 11 a.m., 1.30 p.m., 2.30, and then 3.30 p.m. on Monday, November 21st. And taking place next week is 97.5 Y Country's annual Stuff-A-Truck at Rogers Foodland in St. Joseph. White Country's Paul Landecker tells us this is the 26th year the crew will be collecting non-perishable food donations to be given to those in need by the Southwest Michigan Community Action Agency. The Southwest Michigan Community Action Agency is basically the local food bank, if you will, for Berrien County and also serving Cass and some of Van Buren County. So every year, this event really restocks their pantry for months and months ahead. We're looking for non-perishable items, uh, canned goods, dry goods, things that you use every day, people need. Landecker says they'll also take personal care items. The Y-Country crew will be at Rogers Foodland Monday through Friday from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. and then again next Saturday morning taking donations. You can just go into the store, pick something up, and hand it off to Y-Country. Landecker says it's always inspiring to see the generosity of Southwest Michigan as people seek to lend a hand to those who need it the most. You can also give online at 975ycountry.com. WSJM News now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture into Wajak, where furniture shopping is fun. President Biden is set to meet with China's leader Xi Jinping at the G20 summit in Bali. It'll be the first in-person meeting between the two since Biden took office. Maybe he's Karen Travers. President Biden uh, the other day at his press conference said that he really wants to see what the red lines are for both countries, China and the U.S. And White House officials were certainly indicating that a lot of this meeting is going to be establishing a floor for the conversation, for the relationship. No deliverables. That's a very Washington word, I know. But there's not a big announcement that's expected to come out of this meeting. So much of it is establishing what the working relationship could be like on those very critical issues. The third-ranking House Republican, Congresswoman Elise Stefanik of New York, is endorsing Donald Trump for president in 2024. She becomes the highest-ranking congressional leader to publicly back the former president. Trump is expected to make an announcement next Tuesday for a White House run, but Trump is being widely blamed by other Republicans for failures in the midterm elections. Many Republicans say it's time for the party to move on from Trump. Stefanik is close to Trump and has been mentioned as a possible vice presidential contender. The vote counting continues in Arizona. Republicans are hoping to claim victory, but they're still on hold as Democrats lead in the results. More from ABC's Alex Stone. While Republican candidates in Arizona say they're confident future results will swing things back their way, that has not been the case in the last 24 hours. For Senate, Democrat Mark Kelly now leads over Republican Blake Masters by over 115,000 votes. In the governor's race, Democrat Katie Hobbs leads Republican Carrie Lake by 27,000 votes. Democrats are ahead for Secretary of State and Attorney General as well. The races are close, but Democrats have actually been gaining ground in recent updates, not what Republicans seem to be expecting based on what had been said publicly. Ukraine's president says special military units have entered the city of Kyrgyzstan. President Vladimir Zelensky made the announcement today in a video address hours after Russia said it finished withdrawing troops from the strategically key city. Zelensky said that, quote, as of now, our defenders are approaching the city. In quite a bit, we are going to enter But special units are already in the city. COVID-19 cases appear to be leveling off, but are we getting the whole picture? More from ABC's Dave Packer. Although the Northeast is seeing a higher COVID-19 risk, overall, the CDC says the country is seeing roughly level COVID numbers. But the real number could be higher. With more home testing, fewer positive cases are being reported. And most of those new cases in the Northeast are Omicron subvariants. The updated bivalent booster protects against those subvariants, and the CDC says 31.4 million people have gotten it, up from 26.3 million last week. Dave Packer, ABC News. Colorado voters have passed a ballot initiative to decriminalize psychedelic mushrooms for those ages 21 and older. Also, it would create state regulated centers where participants can experience the drug. Colorado becomes the second state after Oregon to establish a regulated system for substances. Like psychedelic mushrooms, the hallucinogens found in some mushrooms, Colorado's initial initiative eventually will allow an advisory board to add other plant based psychedelic drugs to the program. Proponents argued the state's current approach to mental health has failed and that naturally occurring psychedelics can treat depression, PTSD, anxiety and addiction. Critics say decriminalization would jeopardize public safety. A sudden bankruptcy filing has been announced by a major cryptocurrency exchange that just a few months ago was valued at more than $30 billion. More from Derek Dennis. It's bankruptcy for FTX Group, one of the largest and most powerful players in cryptocurrency. Football great Tom Brady was an ambassador and investor. Comedian Larry David even starred in a Super Bowl commercial. But the company is confirming its abrupt bankruptcy filing, along with the resignation of its 30-year-old CEO, Sam Bankman-Fried. Just last week, serious questions were raised about the company's balance sheet prompting a run on big money withdrawals by nervous investors all at once. Both the Justice Department and the SEC is investigating whether investor funds were mismanaged or misappropriated. Derek Dennis, ABC News. Kevin Conroy has died at the age of 66. The prolific voice actor's gravelly delivery on the Batman animated series was for many Batman fans the definitive sound of the caped crusader. Warner Brothers announced today that Conroy died Thursday after a battle with cancer. He was the voice of Batman on the acclaimed animated series that ran from 1992 to '96, often acting opposite of Mark Hamill's Joker. Conroy continued on as the almost exclusive animated voice of Batman, including some 15 films, 400 episodes of TV, and two dozen video games. In the eight-decade history of Batman, no one played The Dark Knight more. And popular 1980s stand-up comedian Gallagher, known for smashing watermelons and other objects on stage, has died. Morph maybe sees Jason Nathanson. I Before I smacked a peeled watermelon. Front row at a Gallagher special was a dangerous place Honor to be. You were likely to be, be hit with chunks of watermelon or whatever else Gallagher smashed with his Sledge-O-Matic hammer. And in the first few rows, would wear rain gear. The comedian, born Leo Anthony Gallagher Jr., rose to fame in the early 80s after a string of Showtime specials made him a national name. To remember behind every successful man is an amazed mother-in-law <laughs> in 2004 he was declared one of the top 100 comics of all time by comedy central he remained on tour until the pandemic shut down shows and his publicist says he died after a short illness gallagher was 76 jason athanson abc news hollywood wsjm news now continues with your weather forecast